Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. You know, my mother used to say, and this is such great wisdom, nobody really cares about you. They only really care about themselves. So true. It's <laughs> so, so true. So when you're mind reading and you're thinking that they're judging you, they're, they're probably not. They're probably thinking about the, you know, their dinner plans. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. This episode of Champions Mojo is brought to you by RISE. Maria, did you know that athletes with mentors are more likely to attend college, have increased social and emotional development, and improved self-esteem? That's powerful, Kelly. I do know that teenagers with a mentor see greater long-term success. Exactly. That's why we are excited to partner with RISE. RISE connects teenage athletes with Olympic and elite mentors. And it's simple to get started. When an athlete goes to the easy-to-use RISE website, they can select a mentor and the subscription that works best for their schedule. They even get a free session with an Olympian or a pro athlete mentor to start so they can see if it's the right fit. Athletes can schedule their weekly one-on-one sessions, chat anytime, and get started on one of the most important relationships an athlete can have. RISE is offering a free introductory session for any athlete who signs up. Visit rise-athletes.com and start your mentorship journey today. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hello, Maria. Hi, Kelly. So great to be with you today. I'm excited. Yes, today we have such an awesome topic, and we're going to start out by making it funny and calling it stinking thinking, but actually it can be pretty darn serious. And if one were to continually have negative thoughts, stinking thinking, um, and making these neural pathways that uh, are negative, they can cause major depression and anxiety oh, sure. and yeah. lots of problems. So it's, it's a, it's problems a serious relationships. Topic. Yeah. Lots of, yeah, lots of but, problems. But we're, we're, yeah, it can cause everything from just bad performance to all, all the way to serious depression. So we all do stinking thinking as yep. you and I like to call it just yep. for fun. And there are 10 cognitive distortions, which were discovered or, or created, founded by a, an NMD, a doctor, Dr. Aaron T. Beck, who is a psychiatrist, and he really studied how these cognitive distortions affect our lives and worked out a therapy, which you know well, called cognitive behavior therapy, which is one of the most uh, valuable tools in changing our thinking. Yeah, I think it's one of the only... Therapies that has really shown time and time again to be effective, um, and so you know it's it's funny that that the, uh, counselors use it. And when I uh, I got my degree in counseling, they taught it to us, um, and 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 I used it, and uh, it's you know it is effective, but it's funny that it's not discussed more and. I mean, I think if we started every, every time we were feeling anxious or depressed or having a problem, if we started asking ourselves what, what was our cognitive distortion, we would be, we'd all be in a better place. So, but anyway, we're going to get to the specifics of it. 
Yes, yes. And, you know, as someone who I've said here on the podcast many times, I have suffered with both depression and anxiety. And when I first heard of cognitive behavior therapy, and I think a lot of people um, feel this way, it's like, oh, no, just another therapy. Sounds like a lot of work. I don't really want to, you know, I I just want to take a pill and see if that'll make my (laughs) depression go away. But it's really so simple. And it is a matter of just examining your thoughts. And there is a great great app called the Thought Diary. We will put it in the uh, show notes that helps you look at your cognitive. It pops up the 10 most common cognitive distortions, but let's just start with, um, you know, by alternating these, the number one, and these are not in any particular order, like one may use, you know, someone might use three of them all the time, or someone might use one of them all the time, or someone might use 10 of them all the time. Sometimes I have entered, I use the Thought Diary app all the time. And sometimes I've, I have a thought and I'll put it in the Thought Diary. And then, then when you put that thought in, because you're supposed to examine your thinking, these 10 distortions will pop up and then it leaves little check boxes. So is this thought X, Y, Z, P, D, Q, like, is it all these things? And I'll check, 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 check. And there have been times when it's like, you know, eight out of 10. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of overlap between them too. So, and you'll see there are a lot of, there are a lot of overlap in between them. But so the first one in in no particular order is overgeneralization. And, and this happens when, you kind of make this rule after a single event or maybe a series of coincidences and the word always or never frequently, you know, appears in that sentence. Like, um, you know, I never win or, you know, the, I, I ask girls out and they never go out with me or, um, Mark and I use this all the time. He will always catch me and I'm using the always (laughs) word he will always catch me when I say you always or mm. you never. Mm. So um, I think overgeneralization is is really a, a strong one where it just and it becomes it's usually obviously used in the negative yeah. um, versus like, boy, I always win or boy, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm always smart or I'm always, you know, the nicest person. But it's, it's usually I'm never uh, yeah. or, well, or, or I, I, I always fail. Right. I think that it's a good caveat that overgeneralization on the positive side is probably not a bad thing. But I loved how you brought up your relationship with Mark, because I think overgeneralization is one of those kind of rules uh, that um, good couples who have lasting relationships stay away from. And I do it all the time with Jim. And we do catch each other on it. If you're if you're having a disagreement or an argument, you should never say <laughs> always, or you always do that. You know, uh, the other day, uh, Jim and I were sitting out um, having a cup of coffee and, uh, you know, I asked him a question and he said, you know, you always, you know, ask me that, that question. And I, and I, and I was a member feeling stung whether or not it was true. You know, um, I said, well, wait a minute, always, never. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he said, oh, you're right. So this, this time, you know, so in, in, in relationships, this is great. So, you know, you really need to deal with the issue or the thing at hand. But in general, in your life, you know, you can tend, and the longer you go down the same road, the deeper it gets in your neural pathways. If you think to yourself, I'm, I, I always get C's and calculus. I'm just a C calculus. <laughs> you know, that, 
that it will not help you to do better and see, or I never, whatever, you know, I, I'm, I'm never, a, I never win these races. I can, I can find myself doing this with my cycling because I'm right in the middle of my, my little team group. And I, and I had a race last night and at the end I felt finished right in the middle and I thought I'm never going to get better, which is of course not true. I'm getting better and always never are, are always or never good things to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, number two is mental filters. And a mental filter is an opposite overgeneralization, but with the same negative outcome. Instead of taking one small event and generalizing it inappropriately, the mental filter takes one small event and focuses on it exclusively, filtering out anything else. Can you give me an example of that, Kelly? Yeah, I think it's, it's like, like it says, it's, so it's the opposite of generalization, like, um, so if you go back to a relationship or something that you've done, you know, like if Mark only cleans the kitchen once a week, um, I might, you know, or, or he cleans, cleans the kitchen three times a week, but I'm asking him, telling him, you don't do anything around the house. Mm-hmm. And then he'll say, so I'm not, I'm, I'm mentally filtering out that he, that he cleans the kitchen three times a week. Mm-hmm. And I see this happening all the time in our relationship where Oh, oh, I know what it was. It was exactly this the other day. I said, you never cook dinners. I'm the one that cooks dinners. And so I'm, I'm mentally filtering. Do you know what he said to me? Do you realize, honey, that I made you breakfast every morning this week? And I went, oh, you did. Oh, my gosh. And he makes good breakfast, you know, like really nice omelets or French toast or something. So I mentally filtered that. And you, right. but these were, were kind of, we're talking about relationships, but I think these, these are most important in the way you your think own yourself. talking with yourself. This is stinking thinking. And that would be, well, you know, I, can you give an example of your own mental thinking right there? Sh- sure. So uh, mental filters is ignoring, uh, basically ignoring evidence to the contrary. So to use it back to my racing, you know, the, uh, men, my mental filter is like the times that I've won in the race, you know, I, I ignore them. <laughs> I only focus, I, you know, I filter out all the good performances I've had. Um, I think another example um, in, in terms of, I mean, I, I think in terms of negative things is I can, um, I can, I can tell myself when I feel discouraged, oh, I haven't eaten anything good today. <laughs> You know, I've only eaten junk food or whatever. And of course, that's not true. You know, I've, I've I had, you know, some raspberries in there. <laughs> so, right. So, so the mental filter, yeah, is it's, it's, it's ignoring evidence to the contrary of your bad story or your maybe inaccurate story. Yeah. And number three, and the way Dr. Beck created these, and these are his 10, and he is the father of cognitive behavior therapy and cognitive distortions, is so maybe you'll identify more with number three, even though I think it's super similar to number two, and that's discounting the positives, um, which is just ignoring or invalidating good things that happen to you. And I know that everyone knows someone that will just like, they'll have a whole day that went great. And then, you know, they may have, you know, something bad happen at the end of the day. And it's like, oh, you know, they've ignored every good thing that happened that day and just focused on, well, how was your day, honey? Oh my gosh, I got 
you know, the traffic on the way home was just terrible. And it's just, then you kind of just spin into that. So it's very similar to mental filtering, but, um, but, but dis- if, it's, if it resonates with you, it's discounting the positives. Right. And we, we know people, I, I tend to be very optimistic, um, and, but we all know people who like, you know, they're going to see the dark side. <laughs> and I, yes. I, I call those people sort of, um, so, sort of, you know, alarm bees or, you know, the, you know, in, in the beehive, there's always bees that they're guard bees. And so their job oh. is, their job is to, is to see danger and to warn everybody else. And also they're more likely to sting you. And so, um, but I think there, you know, it's adaptive, but I think it's natural for some people particularly to, to discount positive because, because they, you know, they see the negative and the negative is bigger And the news does the, does this all the time. And, you know, lately I've been on just this anti-media kick because for instance, here, you could tell a story, about about the pandemic or in the pandemic you could talk about the number of people who died today but you could also tell a story about how the number the percentage of people dying from covid is drastically dropping and the treatments are are improving tremendously but the media definitely discounts the positive they do not they do because we're adapted to find danger everywhere the the story that you hear is negative and it doesn't number to your to your psyche and your gut yeah absolutely that that's a great great example of that maria for sure so the fourth one is (laughs) i love this one jumping to conclusions so there's two ways to jump to conclusions mind reading and i'm terrible about this when you think someone is going to react to it in a particular way or you believe someone is thinking things that they aren't or fortune telling when you predict events will unfold in a particular way uh often to try, often to avoid trying something difficult. So for instance, fortune telling is like, I, I'm not going to, uh, what would be a good example? I'm not going to try this new hobby or a sport. I'll say a sport because uh, let, let's talk about maybe snowboarding. I'm not going to try snowboarding because you know, what's going to happen. I'm going to fall. I'm going to break my leg. I mean, it might be a really serious break and I'm going to be crippled for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> or, but mind reading is the one I do all the time where I, um, I assume that people are thinking things or they're going to react in a certain way. And I don't just give them a chance to react and observe their reaction. So um, this happens, of course, in my relationship where I'm like, oh, I can't, I'm not going to run this by Jim because he's, you know, he's not going to like it. But, you know, I don't know, I got to give him a chance. So um, I love this. This is a a very, very common um, cognitive distortion that that has us leaping forward and thinking, you know, bad things before they actually happen. Do you have an example of one like this? Oh, I, I think this is a great one when you're, you know, you're negatively, I, I know we, we talk about speaking to groups or coaching people or, you know, that kind of thing. And they say that, you know, it, people have a, a harder fear or a worse fear of death than they do of, of <laughs> public speaking, public speak. I'm sorry, a worse fear of public speaking than they that do of death. death. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I think that that's when you're mind reading, you know, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm speaking. What are people going to think of me? What, what, you know, so you're, you're reading into people's minds that, Oh, I don't think they liked me. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that um, isn't, it's a negative way to go through life when, 
you're interacting with people. And I think that may be a lot of social anxiety that people jump to conclusions when they're um, meeting new people and they're reading their minds like, oh, somebody's, you know, that she turned away when it might be, well, it's something going on with that person versus their own um, versus something that has to do with you. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think this is, uh, you alluded to it. I think it's very common in young, particularly, you know, teenagers and, you know, you, you, you're so attuned to your social group that you, you are over attuned. And, you know, my mother used to say, and this is such great wisdom. Nobody really cares about you. They only really care about themselves. So true. It's <laughs> so, so true. So when you're mind reading and you're thinking that they're judging you, they're, they're probably not. They're probably thinking about the, you know, their dinner plans. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but fortune telling too, and predicting, you know, bad events. I mean, again, I think this, you know, there's, there's overlap, but you know, you know, we're, we're, we're evolved to worry, to, to predict, possible negative outcomes. And, um, you know, so we, so we tend to blow those up and tell ourselves, Oh, something terrible is going to happen. I left the door open. Oh, this is a great story. So yesterday we, uh, we went for a bike ride and, um, we came back, we, we stopped and bought some things. It was a beautiful bike ride. And we, we bought some things and put them in our panniers. We got back and Jim said, I left, I've dropped my wallet. So he had he had put his wallet in his pants and they fell out somewhere on the six mile, you know, bike ride. And so, oh, you know, that's going to be, you know, terrible. You know, somebody's going to get my wallet. They're going to steal my credit cards. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. So we spent the next hour looking for the wallet and we didn't find it, but we got back home and looked back in the pannier and there it was. So, but my, my point about that is that we could have saved ourselves a lot of grief if we had just said, well, if we looked more carefully in the pannier, <laughs> but, <laughs> but then if we just said, you know what, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, if somebody finds it, they'll probably just turn it into the police or try to contact us. So fortune telling right. and predicting events in a negative way is, is, is an easy trap to fall into. Maria, number five is magnification, which is exaggerating the importance of shortcomings and problems while minimizing the importance of the desirable qualities. So, you know, this is, this is very, uh, this is stinking thinking when, you know, our bodies are aging or our faces are aging mm. or something. And, you know, I, I think it's a great term magnification because when you look in the mirror, you're kind of magnifying, oh, I've got gray hair. Or I've got a, you know, my skin isn't as nice as it was, or I, you know, I'm getting a paunch or, you know, you're just talking negatively to yourself when, you know, you, if you focus, you're exaggerating those shortcomings and they could be with anything. They could be with your job or with, you know, your mothering skills or your fathering skills or whatever it is, but you're minimizing those qualities of importance. Like, you know, I'm going to have a big birthday this year in 2021. And, um, and I could look and say, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm fit for my age. And I, you know, but I'm, I'm, minimizing those desire, desirable qualities of I'm more, you know, I'm more um, educated, I'm more experienced, I'm wiser versus, <laughs> you know, boy, my uh, skin isn't as nice or, you know, I don't have the, my tummy's not as flat as it was or, you know, all those things. So I think that's just magnification of those negatives can really put you in a bad place. I, I'm so glad you brought up the example of, um, 
aging because I think that that's that's been really hard for me and we do these video (laughs) champions mojos and I look at like well look at that I mean you know your mom used to say and I love this when I look in the mirror I'm so surprised at what I see because in my (laughs) mind I'm that 25 year old beauty and so that's kind of how it is Uh, you know as you age in your mind you're still looking 25 30 and then you look and you know you're you're got your nearly 60 eyes and skin and so forth so but but you know that's as, as, but we tend to be drawn again, I think, and this is why it's a distortion, because really you're, you know, I look pretty good, you know, for this age and so do you. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, I'm not, instead of talking, instead of looking at the qualities like that are good, it's, 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 it's being focused in on the negative. And this is, it's really easy to do on, in so many things, especially, you know, if you're feeling a little insecure, you have, and that's why these are, that's why it's an effort to say, okay, if I'm feeling bad, or if I'm having, having an anxious feeling or a depressed feeling, um, you know, what, what am I maximizing and what am I minimizing? And, you know, one of the things in, you know, in my faith that, that I, I that I, that I've thought a lot about is this idea that, you know, that every everything that happens to you, there's an opportunity for something really good to come out of it. <laughs> and so thinking about that helps me to maximize the, the positive, the hopeful, and minimize the worry and the negative. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's magnification is, is great. And we all do it. You know, when you, when, if you find yourself feeling bad, and think about your thought. And, I, you know, I think a, a large or frequent cognitive distortion is magnifying the, the, the negative. Yes, yes. And Maria, we're, we're halfway through these 10 with, uh, you're, gonna, you're about to do number six. And I, I want to encourage people to hang on. We're going to get to all 10. And then we're going to do a really fun exercise where we're going to, Maria and I are going to take each of our negative thoughts, just we're going to pull one at random out of our stinking thinking. And we're going to work a cognitive behavior therapy exercise where we go through it, we check which uh, behavior it is, and then we reverse it, and then we come up with a new plan, and then we test how we feel. So that's really how cognitive behavior therapy works. But let's identify the distortions first, and then we'll do that. Okay. So number six is emotional reasoning. It's a way of judging yourself or your circumstances based on your emotions. So if you're, you know, if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you got a, you know, you're feeling bad and then um, you, you know, spill the coffee, you'd be, you'd say to, to yourself, oh, I'm, I'm having a terrible day. This is a bad day. <laughs> um, that's based on my emotion or my negative feelings about the day rather than based on, on, on the on the facts that yes, the sun came up and, <laughs> and all of my family is healthy and <laughs> things are really good. So emotion, it's, it's hard to get away from your emotions, but realizing that your emotions are impacting your reasoning is, is, is a common cognitive distortion. Do you have- yeah, I, I, I love this one. I think this one <clears throat> is probably one of the most frequent and powerful distortions that we have. So when you're really disappointed in something, and that is not the time to make a, a big decision about something. Like they say, never make big decisions when you're in the middle of a divorce or you're in the middle of a transition or you're in the middle of, of something sad or even something great because you might decide in your most joyful moment that, hey, I've always wanted to go skydiving and that's what I'm <laughs> going to do. Um, or, or you may decide uh, that 
you know, oh, I can never do that. I, I you know, I'm never going to write a book because I'm in a bad mood right now. And that was your one opportunity to, you know, find out what you were going to, you know, make a plan with someone. So I, I really think this is a good one mm. that we get in these emotional states and then we tell ourselves, like if you're, I think it's, yeah, spilling your coffee is, is one thing, but having a fight with your spouse and mm. then it can snowball into going into the mirror and looking and saying, gosh, I'm a fat loser, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I really think that we have to check our emotions and make sure that what we're thinking is not based on our emotions. So I, I, I like this one for the power that it has over us and how it's, it's very reversible. Yeah. Just awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, number seven is a should statement. And these are so familiar to us. We call this shoulding all over yourself. And they're self-defeating because we, we often will emphasize unattainable standards. Yep. Um, and, then, and then we fall short of our own, you know, ideas and goals. And then we kind of, this creates, uh, you know, feelings of self-doubt and feelings of self-worth. And even could possibly, depending on how far you took it, could create um, panic and anxiety. So should statements, Maria, I think you're pretty familiar with should statements. Yeah, my life is full of shoulds. I remember when I learned about this in um, counseling school, just thinking, oh my gosh, this is me. This is my favorite cognitive distortion because, you know, just a lot of this is, you know, kind of family of origin stuff. But yeah, I mean, I I grew up trying to be perfect and righteous. And um, so my life is full of shoulds. And of course, it's, it's unattainable. I can't do everything good that pops into my mind. So it'll be fun to to work on that cognitive distortion. I've been working on it, you know, a lot. It's like, oh, you're shooting this, you know, just because you thought of that doesn't mean you have to do it. Okay, so the number eight is labeling. Labeling is a cognitive distortion that involves making a judgment about yourself or someone else as a person rather than seeing the behavior as something the person did that doesn't define them as an individual. So obviously you're lazy. Right. I mean, that's not who you are. That's a label. And it can, it can really impact how you think about yourself or a person. If you give yourself a label, I'm, I'm, uh, I am not, I'm not athletic. That's a label that does not, you know, it's a, it's a generalization and it's a distortion because, you know, anybody can be, can be an athlete. Anybody can be athletic. So I love, I love labeling too. It's, it's, it's a simple, it's an oversimplification basically. Yes. Yeah. That is a really good one. And, and inversely, you can use labeling as, as a positive thing, which we do like it is the, I I think it's one of the pillars of coaching people is, you know, like you became an athlete. I'm the kind of person that gets up early. I'm the kind of person that loves speaking in front of groups. I'm the kind of person that loves to eat healthy food right, right. and exercise. So it's, it, but normally we don't label ourselves like that. If we do, it's great. But the labeling we're talking about is judgment about ourselves or a person or a thing. And you're yeah, lazy or you, you don't like to exercise. You don't like to eat healthy. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really, I love that one. So number nine is personalization and blame where you blame yourself or someone else for a situation that in reality involved many factors out of your control. Mm. And I, you know, I'm going to own this one huge. And again, um, in 
you guys knowing me through the podcast, I have suffered with my skin and part of my depression when I get in a, a flare or I have a bad um, skin day or an infection or something, I blame myself, Maria. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. say, you know, um, I'm the one that used topical steroids. I and, and Mark always is the voice of reason. He always says, the doctors told you to take yeah. it, told you it was safe enough to put on a baby. You know, yeah. how can you blame yourself? But I do. And so, so then I'm like, oh, if I like, if I, I always want to play the time machine game where I go back in time and I never took topical steroids, you know, it, it's, it's classic blaming ourselves for something that's really outside of our control. And I know when there are tragedies, you know, we, like we've talked about before, we have a suicide in our family. And I often think, you know, um, you know, what, what could I have, could I have called our sister-in-law more? Could I have reached out to her more? Could I have done something that week? And, you know, it's just like, there are definitely different levels of, of personalization and blame, but it's, you know, really factors that are out of your control. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So when something negative happens, you know, you, you, you can, and you're feeling blue, you can check yourself and think, okay, am I taking, you know, undue credit for this negative or blaming myself for something that, you know, and the problem is we're imperfect. (laughs) And so we can always probably find some, you know, aspect of our behavior uh, or thoughts that, you know, that, that weren't stellar, but, but taking the whole, you know, so you see people do this all the time and I, and I do it not so much anymore, but it's like, what, you're responsible for that? Yeah, you have all, you know, usually things are much multifactor, much more multifactorial. So anyway, I, I love that personalization and blames. Like, yeah, when I, when I hear you talk about blaming yourself for taking the steroids, I mean, my eyes roll back in my head because that seems so crazy. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to blame anybody, let's blame your mom. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's blame my mom. <laughs> and that's not helpful either, of course. But no, that's it, not it was, helpful it was, either. And it's not really the, the dermatologist's fault either. Everybody was doing the best they could at the time. Uh, you know, laziness, right, right. laziness wasn't involved. <laughs> so anyway. Yes. Yeah. And, and it is also blaming someone else as well. So right, it's not right. just like you may right. just continually blame your partner or your right, spouse right. or right. your best friend or, right. you know, it's, 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 but all right, right. Maria. So you got the last yeah, number one. 10, all or nothing thinking. I love all or nothing thinking. It's again, it's, it's it, there's a lot of overlap in these, but basically uh, it's, it's thinking that, everything is going to be one way or it's not going to go at all. <laughs> and it's, it's rare. That is never the truth. You know, it's, it's, it's never going to be that you're, you're always going to fail uh, or you're never going to succeed, you know, or that something is always going to happen, you know, one way or another. It's just every single day or opportunity, things, things are going to be a little bit different. So if all or nothing thinking, um, I think, um, maybe I am trying to think of a, a, a time that I do this where, um, you know, I, if I feel like I'm in a rut with, um, the way I guess in some of my interactions with Jim, you know, I, I think to myself, I, I always lose my temper. You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I never, you know, it's, 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 and so I'm, you know, 
I'm, I'm just an angry person, which is totally not true. Um, I don't always, it's not all or nothing. I mean, lots of times I, I don't. Lots of times I, you know, hold my temper. I don't say the, the, the negative things. So um, all or nothing is a great uh, way to, to end. Kelly, do you have um, an example of all or nothing thinking? Oh, all the time. I mean, it's like if, if, if we don't hit a certain number in our podcast this week, we're a failure. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, uh, you know, if I, if I don't, if I'm not able to run this week, then I'm a slouch or, you yeah, know, it's yeah, just yeah. like, I think it's really common. And, you know, um, I, I wanted to go back to magnification, which is just a, another word for magnification because yeah. I'm getting ready to think of this exercise that we're doing. And I'm like, wait a minute. My one that I think I do the most is um, catastrophizing. Yes, yes, that's right. Catastrophizing is the same as magnification, where you're just totally discounting. You're only focusing on the one thing. So right. it's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now, the takeaways. So, Maria, that is the 10, and let's, let's do our takeaways for this with the activity of doing a cognitive behavior exercise. So, okay. All right. So the, um, the first, uh, I'll read the first five just as a summary real quick. And then while we're reviewing these, Maria, let's be thinking of some stinking thinking that we can share and we can coach each other on these. So, um, the first five are overgeneralization, mental filters, discounting the positive, jumping to conclusions, magnification or catastrophizing as another word for that. Yeah, that's a great word. Uh, The second five are emotional reasoning, should statements, labeling, personalization and blame, and all or nothing thinking. Okay. So, Maria... Can you, would you like to, I, I don't mind going first or you can, no, go, I first, can, I can go first. What, what, so here's what I want to do. And I, I love this uh, because I really do want this to be helpful to people. So I'm going to pull up my phone here with the app right here on my home screen. I, I'm on do not disturb, but hopefully I'll still have my, um, so this is the thought diary. I don't know if people can see it. Probably not. No, there's too much light in here. So the thought diary um, is a beautiful little app and it has diary thoughts. So there's a plus sign here. So I'm going to hit the plus sign and it's going to say, do you want to make a gratitude journal entry? Do you want to check a thought, which is what we're going to be doing right now? How is your mood? Like if you're clocking your mood and then, then the plus sign again is there. So, um, okay. I'm going to check my thought. So I have this little screen that pops up and it says, what negative thought are you having? And so then I would type that in. So what negative thought are you having, Maria? So I I love this because, and I like how they linked it with mood in the app because generally uh, you want to 
use this and it's most productive when you're feeling bad somehow, yes. whether, whether it's anxious or depressed or overwhelmed or whatever. Um, so for me, um, I'm going to start with this. I'm getting ready to travel and I'm going to be leaving my husband for a couple of weeks. And uh, one of the, the things that I do in our relationship that I love to do is I prepare almost all the, the, the meals, even the snacks. So like, I'll just, you know, get them all out. I, and I, and that's a pleasure for me. I like to do it because I like to eat. <laughs> so, um, so in um, my conversations with Jim, uh, he said, it'd be great if you could prepare a bunch of casseroles and put them in the freezer for the time you're gone. And I, th- and I thought, mm, yeah, you know, I, I should do that. That'd be a really loving thing to do. But <laughs> so the, the mood has been of like, overwhelmed and sort of sort of annoyed and mad and I was thinking like what why am I feeling annoyed with Jim (laughs) you know why am I feeling kind of sad and overwhelmed and I and I thought it's because no 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 okay you want to give the thought what is the thought the thought is I should go to the store I should make a plan go to the store and make a bunch of casseroles for Jim D while I'm gone. Okay. We, that already, is, know, we already know what that is. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a neutral thought. You have to go beneath that. What is well, the negative thought that you're telling? How about this is the negative thought? I don't want to go to the store and make a bunch of casseroles. Is no, that I, the no, thought? no. The negative thought is, that's good. This is great. The negative thought is, Jim will be disappointed in me and not love me as much if I don't help him have food to eat by making these casseroles and putting them in the there freezer. There you go. That's the negative thought. Jim, my husband won't love me <laughs> if I don't make these casseroles. Okay. So that's the negative thought. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you would type that in and say, so you have to type it out. And then, and then there's a beautiful, gosh, I wish I could show this on the screen, but it does. So there's a beautiful gigantic bar after you type your thought. And then it says, do your, does your thought contain negative distortions? And you tap that and then all 10 of those negative distortions come up and you get to tap all of the distortions that apply, tap all the distortions that apply. So Maria, uh, is that all or nothing thinking? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Or, oh, okay. or, or so magnification. Gonna, yeah, he's not well, going to no, love wait, me. We'll I would say it's, it's more we'll magnification than all or well, nothing. But no, we're gonna you're gonna check them all. So it's <laughs> it is all or nothing. Thinking. Oh, so we're going through them one by one. Gotcha. That's what you do. You go through. You tap them or not. Is it over generalization? Um, maybe. No, I wouldn't say it's over generalization. Okay. Um, is it jumping to conclusions? Uh, yes, absolutely. Is I'm, it mind I'm, reading? I'm, 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 well, I'm mind reading, which is part of jumping to conclusions. Right? Well, it, no, it's not part of, uh, yeah, it is. It is part of it. It's part of, is it fortune telling? Um, not so much, but I'm reading Jim's, okay. I'm reading Jim's mind. Is it, um, magnification of the negative? Um, yeah. I mean, I think there's part of that in there. Absolutely. It's not really catastrophizing. Is it? 
Well, in some sense, like, oh, he won't love me. Isn't that okay. a catastrophe? <laughs> oh, I guess it is. may not be to you, is. but it is to but me. You know what? I'll, I'll, see, here's the thing, Maria. Th this is where we can differ. Ready? He's my brother, and I, kn I know that he would love me. I know almost what I, I know that there's almost nothing that I could do that Jim wouldn't love me. Which is true for me too, but it's true for you too. That I'm I'm trying to point out right, right. that he loves you more than he loves me, yeah, and that, yeah. that I'm just trying to role model that for right, you. Right. Gotcha. Um, is it emotional reasoning? I wouldn't say. You know what, Maria? I'm going to go with. Let's go deeper on this one, so people can really see this. I think that you're feeling this because you have a lot on your plate. You, I know you're wearing a lot of hats running, you know, businesses, being a wife, being a sister to me, being a grandmother, a mother, all these things that you're doing. And I think that you are overwhelmed with kind of like, I think it is somewhat emotional reasoning for you to be making this reasoning when you're tired. And, and I think tired is, is tired an emotion? Mm, it's a physical state. Does being tired put you a little bit in a different state? Yes, right. So exactly. So yeah. I, I mean, I think if you were a hundred percent rested and you didn't have all this on your plate, I don't know that you would be making the same uh, assumptions. Does that make sense? Well, I yes. And I disagree with you because I know myself. Okay, this, I was going to say this you is don't, more you based have, on I was my, say, yeah. my personal history than on being tired. Uh, okay, okay. So then it's not emotional reasoning. Uh, but here we go. Is it a should or a must? Obviously. Yeah. Yes. That's um, labeling. Um, not so much. No. Right? Mm -mm. Self blaming. Personalization and blame. Yeah, it is kind of in a way, like I'm the only person in the world who can make gym casseroles and, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. All right. So we've gone through all of them. So it, now it has a beautiful screen that says, how are you feeling? And it asks you, what can you, how, I'm sorry, how can you challenge that negative thought? So we're challenging the thought, Jim won't love me if I don't make him casseroles. And then, it, you know, it'll be harmful <laughs> to our relationship. How can you challenge that thought? Yeah, so <laughs> when you put it that way, it sounds so stupid. And that's the beauty of this. I mean, that you're using the app, but I think people need to know that they can do this, you know, on their own. So clearly, I mean, anybody, once, I, once you articulate it, it's like so obvious, you know, I don't, Jim's clearly going to love me whether or not I make him casseroles. I'm not the only person in the world who can make him casseroles. He can feed himself. Um, you know, it's, and, and so once you, well, once you articulate it, <laughs> even the first time I articulated with you, you said, well, what's the feeling? I, you know, I had, I was laughing to myself, like Jim, like not making casseroles. I, I you know, he may be, a little disappointed, but then that's mind reading. I don't know that he'll be disappointed. He might be just as happy to go to the, to the green turtle and get himself food every single day. He might so, even have more fun and be like, get outside and it might be better for him. Yeah. It might be better for him. <laughs> so, so it's art, it's, it's articulating the feeling and then saying, Oh, 
Yeah, and realizing the, the, the distortion, the mistake. A distortion's just a mistake. It's like, no, it's probably not going to change the way he feels about me. And on the other hand, you know, it might even be really good for him. I'm being negative. Like, you know, I, I'm imagining him, you know, digging around for food and not finding anything, but, you know, maybe it'll be fine. On the other hand, it's not all or nothing either. I can just make him one casserole. I don't have to make him five. <laughs> so, right. Um, this, so oh the, my gosh. This, this is so powerful. It is. Maria. I mean, this is so powerful. So you've challenged the thought by making the statement. Um, that's ridiculous. Jim's going to love me. You're, you're challenging that Jim's going to love me if I don't make casseroles. Right. You, you can right. see that. And then the alternative thought is, which you just said, which is, he, he may actually have a better week if I don't make him casseroles. Right. right. Okay. So that is or, beautiful. Or I could just make him one casserole. I don't have to make him 20 or five right. or whatever. You, you, right. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. So that, right. There's, there's, yeah. And it's so freeing and it just lifts your mood. The, 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 the key here is to recognize the mood, you know, the anxiety and then right. dig, dig out what's the causing it. Okay, your turn. Right. I've been Wait, on a hot Maria, seat. Then, then, the, then the app asks you, um, how are you feeling now? Better than before, about the same or worse? Oh, much better. Much, much better. better. Yeah. So, so I, I want to just really, um, if people are tr really trying to recognize their cognitive distortions and um, learn CBT and get down into this, two interviews that I think have just rocked me are with Rebecca Sony and Erica Brown, when, you know, Erica Brown was having, you know, a really bad year adjusting to her um, freshman year. And she said she just monitored her thoughts. Oh, she that's really right. monitored her thoughts. And she was, was so PhD, great. we called her a PhD in changing her thoughts. And then Rebecca Sony said she was standing at the Olympic final, just having terrible stinking thinking. And she turned herself around, set the world record, won the goal by examining her thoughts. Right. So we're really talking about examining your thoughts. Do you see how I'm trying to avoid you asking me what my yes, stinking thinking Yes, yes, I do see that. I do see that. Um, uh, we did me. <laughs> I jumped right in there with both feet and had, it's kind of, it's kind of hard, this, you know, the work is, you know, being authentic about my silly cognitive distortions around making, you know, casseroles for my husband. I'm sure there are people out there laughing at that. But now you're on the hot spot, Kelly. It's your turn. Yes. Yeah, so one thing that I think is really powerful about this app and this thing, and it, if, you know, it's just one thought. It doesn't have to create, cure your whole life. It's just like, that is the way that you can become healthier and happier is take one thought at a time. What is that one thought? And That's so beautiful. one thought that truly can put me in a bad place and just kind of spin me out of the present moment. And I might even cry saying it. I have not entered this into the app lately, but it's just been, I think it's building with um, my dad, your father-in-law turning 91. And so my thought is, when my dad dies, I am going to fall completely apart. And I, it happened with my mom and I just reeled for, you know, I got sick when, you know, when she died, I got sick, I got down. I just, it was just, and I'm equally close, if not closer with my dad. And 
you know, I talk with them every day. And so my thought is I'm going to fall apart. I'm not going to be able to handle it when my dad dies. And so what does falling apart specifically look like? I can catastrophize that. You know, it's a catastrophe. I'm, I'm anxiety. My anxiety would go out of control and I would potentially become depressed, which I'm not, that I would not be pursuing my passions. Um, boy, isn't this a fun, a fun podcast to listen to? If you're, if you're driving, pull over. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, friends. So, um, so what are the cognitive yeah, that, distortions that, that I, around yeah. that? Okay, let's see. Well, it's pretty easy. We can just go down the list. So uh, if I popped up my app, so the thought is I would fall apart and... You get depressed. You stop I would get doing depressed. The I would get love. anxious. I would stop getting doing the things I loved. I would stop serving people. I would stop helping people, which is important to me. So I, I think... So if I'm checking off all the cognitive distortions, I would say that I'm overgeneralizing. Um, How so? Uh, I think it's kind of an all, all, always or never thing. Like, oh boy, if I, you know, if I fall apart, as I say, then I'm, you know, I may still be able to, yeah, I mean, people are going to expect me to have a mourning period and, and um, I can be sad you know, it's kind of, I'm overgeneralizing that, boy, it's either all or nothing. I'm falling apart or I'm, you know, I'm either in bed in the fetal position or I'm having to go out and just be my normal self. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think yeah. that's- even, even the words fall apart are, are kind of a, yeah. ma- um, what a magnification of, you know, what happens when you're grieving, like literally, are you going to fall apart? Your, your, are your limbs going to go away from your body? Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, so I don't think it's mental filtering. I don't think I'm, you know, like filtering out something. Uh, I don't think I'm discounting the positive. I'm definitely jumping to conclusions. I'm definitely catastrophizing. I'm definitely emotionally reasoning. I mean, you, you want to hit a high emotion of, of, you know, sadness and fear and all that. And I'm making that decision that, oh, I'm going to fall apart when I'm thinking about my dad dying. So, you know, right, it's like, right. I think, I think it's definitely emotional reasoning. Uh, I think it might be a should statement that, hey, buck up camper. There's no crying in swimming, you know, and I shouldn't, I should be strong. I should be able to, you know, like I, I, I even, I even have a dialogue with Mark. Like we talked about this on our walk last night. I said, Oh gosh, you know, I, I so often will call my dad when, when we're walking and um, I, or when I'm walking alone normally. And, and uh, I just had a really good conversation with my dad. And I said, told Mark, I said, Oh gosh, my dad's doing great. And you know, he's coming up on his 90th birthday and 91st, uh, 91st birthday next month. And so um, I said, gosh, I just, um, I'm, I'm just so worried about him and, you know, he, I mean, he's, he's healthy and he's doing well, but he certainly, ha- you know, he has he's a lot old. of issues too. He's very old yeah. and he's 91. And so, um, so one of the things that I said out loud was, but you know, he's 91, he's had a great life and I know it's coming, you know, I know it's coming. So it's like, Mark's like, honey, no matter when it comes, it's still going to hit you. So it's like, I'm still even trying to say I should be fine because I know it's coming. 
So I think it's a should statement. Um, labeling, am I labeling, making a judgment? Um, I don't, I don't think I'm labeling and I'm certainly not personalizing or blaming myself. So I've got quite a few. So how do you, so going. how do you counteract so that then so, you counteract those distortions? You, yeah, you so argue them. I, I, I think that I would argue it by um, saying that, you know, I've really never fallen apart. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's you didn't, like, you didn't you, your perception I, is that you fell apart with your mother, but I was there and you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, like I, you know, I did a lot of things that were not falling apart from, you know, taking care of my dad to moving him into assisted living to selling their house. You know, I got a lot done. I, I still functioned. Um, and you, and you and, cared, cared for others too. Yeah, me, yeah, I brother. know. So, so I guess I would just say that it's, I've, I don't think that I've ever really fallen apart. So why would I fall apart now? If I didn't fall apart in the, with the loss of my mother or all the other pile that we have, you know, I, I, I mean, that's one of the things I worry about breast cancer coming back. Am I going to fall apart? You know, I guess that's my thing. I don't want to fall apart. Whatever. So that yeah. Means. Yeah. So, I think that's interesting. That word fall apart in your mind. Is that getting into bed and not getting out? Like, what does that yeah, mean? It's fetal position in bed, cover up over the head, just like. And when have you know, ever done I that? Just, I don't think I've ever done that. That's definitely overgeneralization. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I can do it for a day or a couple of hours, sure, sure. but I've never done it for months at a time. So yeah. So I think just saying, so the, the challenge of that is BS, BS, you know, shut up little negative voice in my head. I, I, I didn't do it. And so the, the alternative is, um, you know, I'm going to allow myself to grieve when my dad is gone and I've never fallen apart before, so I can handle it. Yeah. I think that's great. And, uh, you know, and this is also not the same situation as with your mother who took a steep right. decline and you had to care for her and then you couldn't really grieve until it was over with your dad. I've noticed you think you're thinking about the fact that his, you know, his days are numbered. And right. so you're, you're sort of pre grieving, which is not bad. That's a normal thing. So, yeah. So, so it's not going to happen even, even the way it did with your mom. It, um, yeah. So that's great. Thanks for sharing that. I Kelly. feel better. Do you? <laughs> I feel better. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's the, and that's the question that the app asks, you know, do you feel better? Do you feel yeah. worse? Do you feel the same? And yeah. I feel better. Yeah. Cause I, it, cause you know what? It's truly a cognitive distortion, right? You know, right. yours was a cognitive distortion. So right. I, I think this is, I hope that you Guys, friends have hung in here because, you know, challenge the thoughts, challenge yeah. the one thought, one thought at a time. And sometimes you yeah. got to be honest because Maria, your first thought was, I don't want to go to the grocery store and I don't want to make casseroles. Right, that right. was not the negative thought. Right, right, right. It, it's right. It's identifying, it's feeling the emotion and identifying the thought that's causing the emotion. And I think that's, I mean, once you've done that, like I could say the ridiculous thing that Jim will stop loving me if I don't make him five casseroles, then, I mean, once, once I said that, it was done. Oh, yeah. And then the further work of going, well, it actually might be a good thing or, you know, that was, that was really helpful. So, yeah, lots of times we carry around kind of uh, undefined depression and or anxiety and we don't nail it. Kelly, you're really good at it. You're really good at it, I think, maybe because you've been working on this, but but oh yeah, because I've been doing this and, and truly it has helped me 
for a decade, stay out of depression, stay out of the pit of depression. Yeah. And, and I, and, you know, that's why we created, and we haven't even talked about it in, the, in this show is the depression and anxiety toolkit for athletes, because you have to stay vigilant. You have to check your thoughts. You have to follow up. There's, you know, there are great tools in this toolkit. And one of the reasons we wanted to demonstrate CBT was to show that it really helps. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and it's, and it's entirely doable. It's not, it's not advanced stuff and you could do it with yourself or you could do it with your family. Or you can do it with an app. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, With an app by yourself. So Maria, so our takeaway would be, you know, like, um, what one or two of these cognitive distortions, but they come in all shapes and sizes. So I don't think we need to, I think the takeaway needs to be question every single negative thought that makes, when you're, when one is feeling badly, when you have that, why am I feeling this way? What, what it's always, you know, the thought becomes the emotion becomes the feeling. Right. Oh yeah. We used to talk about the thoughts are like, yeah, they're like ships. They sail into your brain and identifying them. I think some people tend to, to not like, I, I mean, my tendency would be to just push it away, like resist, you know, but to identify, to feel the feeling and identify the feeling under the, the thought underneath the feeling is so helpful. Um, and, and you don't have to do the whole thing every day. It's like, yeah, do one in the morning or one at night, you know? Right. And, so. Yeah. Even if we did one a day, because often it's that it's a recurring, it's right. the recurring. Like I have right. that dad thought every single day and now right. I'm, I'm going to question it. I'm going right. to push that, you know, I'm going to push that thought away and say, you know what? I'm not going to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and you, and, and you may have a, a, um, seasonal one like you're having, which is right. just, Jim's not going to love me this week if I don't make casseroles. Right. Right. But you know, so there's some that are recurring and there's some are just that moment. So right, I, right. I'm, this was kind of fun, Maria. <laughs> and this is also what we can help do with our coaching. So if you're interested in coaching, we can, we can help you. Uh, absolutely. This, absolutely. This, if you, this. if you want to do it with us, we can Although do it. Clearly so. I'm not that good at it. <laughs> I can't do it my I own. I think but. you're very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, obviously it's, uh, you know, it's a work in progress. We, we need to help. We need help right. sometimes to do right. things. So, right. All right. Very good. Well, love this, you. Thank you. So I love you much. too. All, All right. right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Etsona Lueo. Your mind is a ship. It can sail across the universe as long as you don't allow negative thoughts to sink it. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.